Thanks for joining us for our online teaching. Whatever time of day or night you're watching this, pray the Lord will stir your heart. You know, that's uh, one of the things that God has called me to do, and that is to stir people up to believe God. And I know we live in troubling times when there's a lot of things going on in the world. Uh, uh, Just past Sunday in our Sunday morning service, God gave me a word for the times and the seasons that we're living in, and I I pray that you'll make this your word as well. And that's this. We live in a time when there's a lot of bad things happening, a lot of stuff going on. But God reminded me this past Sunday, and I shared with the church, I want to share again with you tonight, where sin did abound. Boy, we see sin abounding in certain places. And if we focus on that, you know, we'll get depressed and discouraged and feel defeated. Where sin did abound. But see, that's not where the story ends especially not for for us as the people of God. This has the opportunity written all over it for this to be the church's finest hour. Where sin did abound, what does the rest of that verse say? Grace did much more abound. Glory be to God. So even though we live in troubling times and there's a lot of darkness in the world, the darker the world gets, the brighter the light of the church is going to shine. And so I'm encouraging you and I, hey, we are called, listen, we're called by God to be difference makers, to be world changers, to not just read about history and watch history unfold, but to shape history. And you might be saying, Brother Scotty, how can I shape history? Uh, Who am I? Well, you know what? You can't shape everybody's history, but you can shape somebody's history. You can influence someone's decision. You and I have the power to impact and influence the hearts and lives of others. We can touch nations. We can make a difference where we are. And I want you to know, listen, as a born-again believer, child of God, you have greatness and you have potential on the inside of you. And I am prophesying over you as you watch this, as you listen to this. You will not die with your destiny and the greatness of God locked up inside you. You're going to be able to release it. You're going to walk in the full blessing and the provision of Almighty God. And see, God gives us favor. God blesses us to fulfill our purpose. And we're going to talk about that tonight or today, whatever time you're watching this. We're going to talk about that. Because there is a purpose in the provision. There's always purpose in the provision that God brings to your life. So we've been talking the last few weeks uh, about favor to move forward. Well, when God provides, there is purpose for that. And provision is tied. Listen, provision, let me give you some of the things we're going to talk about. Favor and blessing and provision go hand in hand. Watch this with our assignment. God has something in mind when He blesses us with favor, when He blesses us, period, and when He causes us to prosper. Prosperity, blessing, and favor go hand in hand with our assignment. Let me say it this way. Favor is what God uses to take you to your assignment. And you know, the, the most powerful thing about all of this is 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 seen in the stories that we're going to share with you to, today is that when favor and blessing and increase come to your life it has the power and the potential 
to change an entire family culture, a city culture, a community culture, a church culture. The entire culture that surrounds you is changed as the provision of God is made manifest. So you can shape history. You and I can help shape history. We can change uh, the destiny of a culture. We can change the destiny of our family. You know, I know many of you are probably thinking, you don't know my family history. Well, I tell you what, I'm just prophesying over you in Jesus' name. You're going to be the first. You're going to establish something in your family and in your culture that's never been done before. Glory be to God. God uses favor to help you and I fulfill our assignment. We're going to talk about Ruth. You know, we might, uh, we might talk about Jacob a little bit. We might even talk about David a little bit. I don't know how far we're going to be able to progress in this tonight. But I want you to know there are some principles that we're going to explore together, talk about, tie in with our teachings of the past few weeks that I believe are life-changing. And uh, you're going to see some things maybe you've never seen before. Father, thank you for your word. Cause it to abound in our lives. Give us a spirit of revelation and understanding. May the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. I pray for every person watching this and listening to this that their heart will be stirred for their future, for the future of their family, for the future of their culture, for the future of their nation. We believe for all of us as we listen to this and watch this that our best days are still ahead of us This is going to be the church's finest hour. This is going to be our finest hour. God is not finished with the United States of America. There is hope. There is reason to be excited because God has plans. And Father, we want to follow them. Bless your people as they study your word. We give you thanks and praise now for causing our ears to hear and our eyes to see. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, I hear you echoing an amen. Ruth chapter 4 verse 11. Uh, we're going to read this and then we're going to back up uh, as we did a few weeks ago. Ruth 4, verse 11. And I love to talk about Ruth. I could preach out of Ruth just about every week, every time we get together. There's so much here. And every time I teach it, I learn more. And so every time I read it, I get a little bit more. So we're going to add to it. You may have heard me teach on Ruth before, but we're going to go some places we've never been before. So stay with me. But in Ruth chapter 4, verse 11, let's read this verse and then back up and see how God gets Ruth to this place in her life. And we're specifically, listen, if you're believing God for provision, I'm going to show you some things from the Word of God that'll that'll, uh, light your fire and hopefully uh, instill hope and faith in you for your situation. And see how God gets Ruth to this place of influence and authority and shaping history. Ruth 4.11 says this, And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel. And may you prosper in Ephrata and be famous in Bethlehem. Now just a real quick review. Ruth is during the time of the judges uh, when there was no king in Israel and everybody was doing that which was right in their their own eyes. Uh, They come into a time of famine. They are in great lack. And so if there are needs in your life as you're watching this and listening to this, God has a word for you. There's, it's, it's a story of poverty and false gods and everything pretty much that can 
be experienced in our life and that we're experiencing right now, even in our nation, we see it because the family leaves. Listen, they leave Bethlehem, and I won't go through all the details. They leave Bethlehem, which is representative of the Word. Don't ever leave the Word. Ooh, I'm going to talk more about this Sunday. You see it in the temptation of Jesus, but we'll go there Sunday. But listen, don't ever leave the Word. They leave Bethlehem. They leave the Word of God. And they leave Judah. Watch this. We're going to talk really talk about this more Sunday. They leave praise. They leave the Word. They leave praise. And everything in their life starts falling apart. Do you hear me, America? Oh, that I could have an audience with everybody in the United States of America and in the world right now. Don't leave the Word. Don't leave praise. We need God more than we ever have needed Him. But we need the Word of God more than we've ever needed it. And not only do we need the Word of God, we need praise. Praise is a powerful weapon in our spiritual arsenal. So don't leave the Word. Don't leave praise. They leave Bethlehem. They leave Judah. They leave the Word. They leave praise. Watch this. And everything in their life starts dying. They go to Moab. They go to the land of idols, and uh, you know things begin to fall apart. And uh, but while they're there, while they're in the land of Moab, the family takes Ruth in. She marries, but her husband dies. All the men in the family die. Uh, they're in a land that is known for its idolatry, and just bad things start happening. And it we find that eventually that it just ends up with these three ladies who are left. And they're destitute, they're homeless, they have needs in their life that they they don't have the answers for. And this is what we come to, and if you'll follow with me, and if you're watching or if you're following in your Bible, let's look real quickly now over in Ruth chapter 2 and pick up the story. They leave Moab and they head back, watch this, they head back to the Word and they head back to praise. They leave the land of idols and they head back to a place that God can do something great in their lives. And we'll pick up that story in chapter 2. And of course, we, uh, again, I want to go back and reiterate that Ruth makes a decision. Naomi, I'm going with you. Your God's going to be my God. Did you hear that? Your God's going to be my God, and I will not follow another God. I will not have a false God. I will follow your God. Your God will be my God, and I'll go with you. And I'll be faithful to you. And there, boy, there's a powerful principle there that I want to that I want to instill right now as we get into chapter two. Ruth makes a decision. Watch this. Ruth makes a decision to to uh, go with Naomi. In fact, uh, let's look back at chapter one, verse sixteen. But Ruth says to her, Naomi, entreat me not to leave you. Don't beg me to leave you. Or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go wherever you lodge. I will lodge your people, will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death departs you and me. That's Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. What you find out is that Ruth's willingness to do the natural things that at the time seemed hard and seem difficult, watch this, this is a powerful principle. 
Sometimes doing the natural things will birth supernatural things. As simple as it may seem, that is profound. Being faithful. Oh, did you hear that? Being faithful where you are on a daily basis is what is going to bring promotion to your life and allow God to elevate you and get you where you need to go. Being faithful in the natural will allow God to birth the supernatural. Whoo, I feel that. Somebody needs to hear that. You feel like I'm just I'm just out here and I'm struggling and I'm, I'm but I'm trying to do the right thing, brother Scotty, and does anybody ever see uh, that I'm trying to do the right thing? Listen, you just stay faithful to the Lord. You stay faithful to him. You allow him to promote you. You just do the good things that God wants you to do and then watch what God can do. And here's here, I want to say this a number of ways so that I'm sure that you're able to get this. If Ruth had not been willing to do the natural things, she would have not seen the supernatural things. Our choices in life are so important because many times, listen to this, the supernatural is birthed out of the small things. Ruth was building up, and here's, here's the thing, through everything that Ruth went through, she didn't know it at the time. She was simply being faithful where she was. And here's another great principle that I want to throw out and that you'll see running through these stories is that favor finds the faithful. She was simply being faithful where she was. She was being faithful to Naomi. She was being faithful to do the right thing. And as she was being faithful to do the right thing, we're going to see in just a few moments over in chapter 2, she goes into a field and she begins to glean. And she's out there working and she's doing all these things. But what she doesn't know is she is building up and God is using this, these opportunities, to build up strength in her that will sustain her when she gets promoted to a place of favor and blessing. So we begin to realize and see that when we're walking through these areas where we're being faithful, God is creating in us a strength that will also sustain us when we get promoted to a place of favor. Because listen, anytime God brings favor to your life, responsibility comes with it. She is learning things that she will need to know and things that she will need to incorporate into her life when she gets to that place of favor. So th this is so powerful. Ruth was building up. Let me say it this way. Ruth was building up her strength to carry the weight of God's favor that was going to be coming her way. She was developing strength for her future favor because favor will always bring responsibility. All right, let's look in, let's look in Ruth chapter 2. Boy, I hope you can follow along with me. And uh, let's read this. And we're just going to take a few moments and, uh, and we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll just explore some things that maybe you've never thought about before, but Ruth chapter 2, Naomi and Ruth get there. They're destitute. They're homeless. Uh, and they have a, a kinsman that Naomi thinks about uh, in verse 1 of chapter 2. Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a man of great wealth, the family of, of the family of Imelech, and his name was Boaz. 
So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she left, went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. After she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, it was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? Verse 6. So the servant who was in charge of the reapers and answered and said, It's that young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. Notice this. Ruth didn't take time to get distracted by prejudice. Uh, it seems there's prejudice implied here. You know, oh, that's that Moabite woman. But uh, Ruth didn't, get time, didn't take time to get in all of that. She's just simply being faithful to follow God. Don't get distracted from your destiny by people's attitudes, by bad attitudes, by everything that's going on around you in the world. I tell you what, the world's not going to dictate my destiny. My destiny is in the hands of a mighty, faithful God. Be faithful where you are. Do not get distracted by the critics. Do not get distracted by your family. Do not get distracted by the naysayers. Bless God. God has promises promises for you, and they will come to pass. I feel that. I feel that. Verse 6. She doesn't pay attention to all that. Verse 7, And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the seas. So she came and continued from morning until now, though she rested a little while in the house. She was working hard. She was faithful. Verse 8, Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go and glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eye be on the field. Verse 9, which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Verse 10. Oh, this is, this is really getting powerful. She fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Oh, so much here. Thank God for, for his drawing us into the family of God. We've been grafted in. The Gentiles have been grafted in, part of the family of God. Verse 11, Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully, what's this, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. Her faithfulness, word got out. Even though what she was doing at the time, it didn't seem like anybody knew, and anybody noticed, God made sure word got to the right people. Word has gotten to me, he said. I've heard about you. Your reputation has preceded you. All that you've done for your mother-in-law, verse 11, since the death of your husband, and how you have let your father and your mother, uh, left your father and mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people that you do not know before, Verse 12, the Lord repay your work and full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. This is powerful. But let me share something with you out of this that, uh, that I have never seen before in this particular instance, but I had seen earlier, and, and let's tie this together. I don't know if you ever thought about this or not, but before Ruth and Naomi ever had a need, God already took care of the provision. 
this field had to be planted. It had to be cultivated. There had to be preparation underway. There had to be seasons before these ladies even came to this place that provision had already been made before they ever got there. You say, Brother Scotty, what are you saying? I'm saying that before you ever have a need, the provision has already been made. Everything we need has already been taken care of in Christ. Jesus has done it. He has made provision for us. And whatever the need is in your life, in order for the, uh, the, the plan of God and the destiny of God to be fulfilled in your life, that provision has already been made. I wish you would say with me today, there's a field waiting on me. There is a place of provision that's already there. The seed has already been put in the ground. The crops are already growing. Cultivation has already started. Uh, The reaping process has already started. There is provision waiting for me. God doesn't have to make it at the time. It's already there. Let me show you this again. And I saw this years ago, a couple years ago, and I taught this. And I want to go back and, and teach on it again. Because it ties in with this. I don't know how far and deep we'll get into this this week, but if we don't finish it this week, we'll go there next week as well. What am I saying? I'm saying God had the provision before you ever had the need. We ought to write that down. God has the provision before I ever have the need. He's already taken care of it. And you can see this in the story of Jacob. I saw this a couple of years ago. And, of course, we know the story. Joseph is down in the land of Egypt. Uh, he's gone through all that he's been through. The family is, is back in the land of famine. There's a great famine there. And the brothers come down, and they get reconciled. And, of course, Jacob, now here's the thing. Jacob is back in the land of famine, not knowing all the details of what's going on down in Egypt. He sends the brothers down. But he's back in the land of famine. And let's pick it up in Genesis chapter 45, verse 10. It says, You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to, to me, you and your children and your children's children, your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. There I will, there I will provide for you. Listen, there is a place where God's provision is already there. Oh, are you getting a hold of this? As you follow Him, as you're faithful to follow Him. See, Ruth was faithful to follow God no matter what the cost. She was faithful to take care of Naomi. She was faithful to go glean in that field. She was faithful to follow God day by day, step by step, And there was a field waiting on her before she ever knew about the field. It had already been planted. And you can see this in the life of Jacob and Joseph and the family there. Jacob's back in the land of famine not knowing that God has already provided the need back in the land of Egypt because of Joseph being there ahead of time. My goodness. There I will provide for you. Oh, that place called there. That place called there is simply where God wants us to be. Being faithful where God has called us to be. He did it in the life of Elijah. He he said, there is a place called there. 
Go there by the brook Cherith, and there I will feed you. There I will have ravens sustain you. There I will take care of you. You just be there. I've got it. I've got it. The provision has already been made. Watch this. There I'll provide for you. Not only will I provide for you, and this goes back to what I said earlier, the the principles that we're establishing today. He says, I'll provide for you and your household in this verse. Favor, provision, and blessing have the power to change not only your life, but the entire culture of your family, your community, and all those that are around you. You can see it right here. And all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine there left. Let's let's jump down to chapter 45, verse 17. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, what's this? Do this. Load your beasts and depart. Go to the land of Canaan. Go back to the land of famine. Verse 19. Now you are commanded, do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives and bring your father and come. Let's jump down to verse 23. And he sent these to his and he sent these uh, and he sent to his father these things. Ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt. Ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and food for his father for the journey. Can you see a picture of this? The wagons are getting loaded. They're getting hitched up. They are filled with provision filled with provision now watch this but to Jacob's perspective oh I hope you get a hold of this to Jacob's perspective nothing has changed if you're sitting where Jacob is sitting you're sitting in the land of Canaan you are sitting in a land that is gripped with famine from the natural perspective not one thing has changed But what he does not know, oh, I want to stand up and shout and run, is that wagons are being loaded that have already been provided for. There has been provision made that he's not aware of. Before he ever had a need in the time of famine, the provision was already being taken care of. He just can't see it in the natural at that time. Can you, can you see this? Can you hear this in your spirit? I wish you would say over your life right now, bless God, the wagons are coming. The wagons are coming and they're loaded down. Provision has already been made. Why? Because God has a divine destiny to be fulfilled in Jacob, and not only Jacob, but Jacob's family. And God is saying, I have made provision before, Jacob, before you ever had the need. Now, he's sitting back in Canaan. He's sitting back in the land of, of famine. Verse 23, they, they sent the, to his father these things, ten donkeys, loaded with the good things of Egypt. I wish you would say with me, the wagons are coming and they're loaded with good things. Things to take me and sustain me where I need to go. Loaded with the good things of Egypt. Bread. Grain, food for his father, for the journey. Verse 27, Joseph, uh, Jacob, at first, he didn't even want to believe the report. He was like, this report is too good. Surely, when they, when they came and began to share this story with him, he was like, this is just too good to be true. 
But watch this. Boy, this is powerful. What a testimony and what a witness. Verse 27. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, watch this, verse 27. And when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. I tell you what, when he saw what God had already provided before he ever had the need, his spirit began to stir. I am going to stir you up. Wherever, wherever you are and whatever's going on in your life, I hope you get so stirred up today to realize and know, watch this church, that whatever the need is, whatever it is that you're facing, before you ever had that need, there was a field waiting for you to glean in. Before you ever had that need, there were carts that were getting loaded. And listen, not only that, let's, let's back it up even from that. Those carts had to be loaded from something that had been planted, cultivated, harvested, and put in stock before years before the need ever arose. That is how big and how powerful and how awesome and how mighty our God is. So the bottom line in all of this is this. Folks, I'm going to tell you. God has purpose in blessing. God has purpose in favor. And our willingness to do what seemingly seems like such a small thing. See, jo oh, I, can't, I don't have time to go into it all, but Joseph's favor, jo Joseph's faithfulness played into this favor. The, the willingness of the brother to go through all the natural things that he went through to bring him to that place where, where, where he would have influence uh, played such a huge part in this. The things that you're doing right now that may seem so small, the giving that you're doing, the staying faithful even during a time of famine, the small, insignificant, seemingly small and insignificant things and natural things that you're doing will birth the supernatural in your life and it will not only affect you, it will affect everybody around you. I'm telling you, boys, we have the power, we have the authority, and we have the provision to change the destiny of nations, of families. Take it, take it to your circle of, of your workplace, wherever you are, whatever's going on with you, because the provision has already been made. God has already provided everything we need. And I know some of you that are watching you're believing God for healing. Let me tell you, healing's already been provided. Jesus took care of it. See, he saw the need that we had more than 2,000 years ago when he was on the cross. He knew that we would need that healing. He knew that we would need that deliverance. He knew that we would need victory over that depression. He knew that we would need victory over that discouragement. He knew that, and so Jesus provided for it and took care of it before we ever had the need. And for everybody who's listening to this or watching this, wherever you are, I declare over you in Jesus' name that healing for cancer has already been provided. I command cancer to leave your body in Jesus' name. Healing for arthritis has already been provided. It's already yours. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Poverty is not a blessing, it is a curse.
our ability to completely fulfill our destiny go hand in hand with the provision and the favor and the blessing of God. So don't feel like you're going to bankrupt heaven by asking and believing for something big. God's already provided big. He doesn't provide small. He provides big. He takes care of it all. He's a God of abundance. He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So I close with this. Whatever you need, the provision's already been made. Stay faithful where you are. Keep doing those natural things. Keep doing those natural things that, that, uh, that seem insignificant. But uh, didn't have time to get into it. But, you know, we'll, we'll go back uh, next week and, and we'll get back in Ruth. And, and we'll find in, in chapter 2 the, 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 the things that were going on in, in, in Ruth's life at that time that seemed so insignificant weren't insignificant at all. She was like Jacob. She couldn't see everything that was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> but I'm telling you, boy, this is a lie. Hey, hey, let me tell you, the wagons are coming. I said the wagons are coming. Oh, God's plan is so much bigger and better than ours. And even though it, it may seem in the natural like now, right now that you may be like, like uh, Ruth, and you may be out there in that dry, dusty field, and you say, I'm just gleaning, but I tell you what, you're doing more than gleaning. God's preparing you for that place of favor. God's preparing you like he was Jacob. Jacob, one day, Jacob got up, and I can just see this in my, my imagination. He got up, and everything around him was screaming famine and lack. But he got up and he looked out his door. Here comes a caravan of wagons. He didn't know it, but they'd been coming for days. You may have been believing God for years, but I'm here to tell you the wagons are coming. Provision has already been made. The future is bright. We have an opportunity to do so many great things as we're just faithful. Being faithful to that place called there. I want to be where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'll just do what I can do in the natural. God will take care of the supernatural. Well, I pray your heart is stirred. Mine is. Believing God for a great week for you. A great season of life. And never forget this. No matter what it looks like, the best is yet to come. God bless you. We love you. See you next time.